And there's Max Verstappen right behind Hamilton into the first chicane once again. It's wheel to wheel. Hamilton and Verstappen, oh. and this time Verstappen and Hamilton have crashed out, and they are both out. That's what you get when you don't leave the space. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rive the Grid. As always, I am your host, Matt, here this week in person, but not necessarily in spirit. I am wow. joined, as always, by my good friend, it's Jashan. Yeah, happy to be here. Cars. The, the, the movie, like no. Lightning McQueen, Kachow? No. 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 And uh, it is Spencer Hudson. Fine. The, the internal struggle of wanting to do a nice Ferrari soundbite after getting absolutely dicked down by McLaren this weekend was, mm. was tough. Um, but I summed it up with, uh, they did a shit job. They did a shit job. <laughs> McLaren raced pretty well. Oh, he's the gift that keeps on giving. And on this week's show, we delve into all the controversy and excitement that came from the Monza Grand Prix. We look into what we all think about that incident between Hamilton and Verstappen. Have a bit of a celebration of our, our man Danny Rick getting on the top step of the podium and take a little bit of a look at some uh, driver market news. Yeah. All that and more on this, another episode of Rear of the Grid. <laughs> Here we are, another episode of Really Grid in review of the Italian Grand Prix. It was just the Italian yeah, Grand Prix. Yeah, the Italian right? Grand Prix, mate. Monza. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's the second time we've been to Italy already. But yes, Italian Grand Prix in Monza. And um, hey ho, hey ho. She was a bit of a good one. Oh, race of the year. Wasn't, wasn't bad. I can't remember the rest of the races, if I'm perfectly honest. Well, that's an um, indicator that this was the uh, race of the year if the other ones haven't been right, memorable. That's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Monza delivering for at least the third straight year, I'd say. Um, and second straight year with a massive upset winner. Um, and we'll jump right into it before we get to uh, some of those major talking points that we know you're all waiting for. Jashan. Yeah. Hit us with everyone's least favorite segment. You telling us some facts. Mate. Facts. If you're trying to imply that what I'm about to tell you isn't the highlight of the show, then you're a fool. Because massive, massive news. Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher are now officially out of the title race. I did see that. Yep. 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 They are mathematically unable to win from here on out. They can still take P3 in the driver's standings, though. My takeaway message from that is that Latifi can still win the championship. Yes. Um, so uh, if you want to place your bets now... Well, there are 208 more points available. I think he's out of it too. Oh. But I think, yeah, I think the two Alfa Romeo drivers are also out of it. But then everyone... George Russell's still in the mix. Huge. Uh, still in the mix there. But even bigger news. Uh, the F1 eSports series is back. Coming in soon, in a few weeks' time. You know, there's some big storylines to watch out for. Yano Otmia, the reigning champion over at Mercedes, looking to double up. We've got the uh, Ural Kali Haas team, now led by Roman Grosjean's new esports company, R8G. Yes, this is a Roman Grosjean watch mixed into some uh, Formula One facts, so get keen. And uh, you know what? Some other fun little facts. This is the first time ever that Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen both DNF'd in the same race. Probably helped by the fact that Lewis Hamilton hasn't DNF'd in 63 races, but there you go. Give me a second, I'll, I'll wake back up and we'll, we'll get back oh, into it. Wow, this guy. Sorry, you this started guy. talking e-sports about... Esports is started, the future, you Matt. You started talking about esports and I was you like, should You should follow esports because, you know, you, you're not in physical shape to be an actual, you know, sport guy, but you could definitely be an esports Mate, guy. Mate, I'll have you know, I've scored a try and got an assist in the last two teams. He has matches, strong so. esport vibes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got rid of my esport vibes when I got rid of my glasses when I was a kid. I'm not a nerd anymore. Fair enough. Also worth noting, Russell's uh, three points finishes in four races. He's now just three points behind Yuki Sonoda. Rocketing up the fucking charts, mate. <coughs> Yuki Onoda. Ah, that's good. Uh, we've got a race to get into, boys. Start do, us off. Do we? Yeah, I'm done for the day. Oh, okay. It's all you oh, wait, if you're on. done for the day, can I just check out as well then? That's the podcast. No. Cut the facts. No? 
Oh, why do I have to fucking keep working? You're the host, Matthew. Oh, well, I resign. <laughs> Spencer, um, you're now the host. Take over, okay? The Italian Grand Prix at Monza. Um, I feel like there's two spots we could start. There's the bloke who won the race, or um, Ocon hit Vettel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll probably start with Ocon hitting Vettel. Chishan, what was your? Uh, you're a you're a fucking Aston Martin fanboy. What was your thoughts on it? <laughs> Aston Martin fanboy. That's uh, that's underselling it. I'm a, I'm an Aston Martin stand employee. <laughs> Oh, look, Vettel had um, an unfortunate weekend overall, you know, hit by Ocon, completely Ocon's fault, probably deserved a grid penalty if we're being honest about it, got five seconds in the end. Then, you oh, know, Mick Schumacher... from the sport. Yeah, probably. Mick Schumacher ran into him later as well. I'm pretty sure that was um, a, a plan in cahoots by the two... That's uh, cost Mick Schumacher a chance at the title. Yeah, well, this is the thing, because I saw S.O.N. Ocon's birthday was the other day. It's happy birthday to him, but Mick Schumacher was at the uh, birthday dinner along with Lance Stroll. So I'm pretty sure the three of them were planning to take Vettel out so Stroll could outscore Vettel. Oh, I see. Yes. Fair enough. Mm. Um, all right, to actually take this seriously, um, weekend got off to an interesting start. Valtteri Bottas returned to to whom it may concern fuck you mode, um, having been dumped from the Mercedes seat in the last few weeks. He put the car on pole and for, you know, Audio listeners, which is all of them all of the doing, doing inverted <laughs> commas right now because this was one of those stupid sprint race rounds because I forgot that when they decided to do these sprint race rounds, they were like, all right, what are the three most historic circuits on the calendar? Well, we won't do Belgium, but we'll go for Silverstone, Monza, and Interlagos. All the good historic tracks will fucking stick sprint qualifying on them. Because really like Monaco is more historic than Interlagos, but Monaco is not a good Monaco track. Monaco is shit. Yes. Interlagos is actually a fucking banger. Fair. Whereas Mo- Monaco is like the worst track on the calendar that's not Spain. Fair. Um, but yeah, Bottas put it on pole. Hamilton was also in the front row. I think it was Verstappen third. And then the two McLarens, which was a good performance for them. We rolled around to uh, sprint qualifying. Bottas had an engine change for some reason, which gave him all of the grid penalties. So he'd be starting from last, but that didn't come in for the sprint race, only for the actual race. So he started off on pole. Hamilton decided to um, do us all a nice one and just fucking suck <laughs> and get passed by Max and both McLarens. Yes. Um, and that was the first four corners of the race. And then I stopped watching it and nothing else changed. Bottas won it ahead of Verstappen, Ricardo, Norris and Hamilton. Bottas then got his grid penalty, which meant, boys, for the actual race, Max on pole, but forget about that. Mm. Daniel Ricardo starting on the front row of the grid we made a million jokes about it daniel came out and said oh you know i'm going to get the lead into turn one and then max is just going to back them all up for me for the rest of the race and i'll win mm-hmm. and we're all like <laughs> good one but um well it's not completely accurate what a what a piece of fucking foreshadowing as race day rolled around it it got a little bit crazy daniel ricardo did take the lead down into the first corner yes he did which was pretty fucking big if you're an australian I imagine fucking big if you're anyone, mate. That's true. Everyone I imagine Spencer was starting to get a little bit excited as the big Daniel Ricciardo fanboy on this show and man who predicted Ricciardo to win the world championship, which hasn't been going great until now. And then it, it, it settled in. I feel like the initial portion of the race wasn't too much to talk about, really, until pit stops rolled around. I mean, over, I just overall, just the 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 difficulty that. The top two cars on the grid had to get around McLaren. Like obviously the cars are difficult. That's a good point. To That's a good point. In, but I thought they both like because pretty much like Lando getting in front of Hamilton. Like everyone talks about that, like the the incident that we'll get to later. But I think the key for McLaren was oh yeah holding off Hamilton Absolutely. early in that race because he couldn't like Hamilton couldn't do anything and he was on the the hard tires and I think he made a switch only what was it. Well, he, he pit before ha- uh, Max yes, and pit after the McLaren. Yeah. No, so that's a, that's a really fucked up their race. It's a very good point. The fact that Norris, yeah, did a great job of just holding Hamilton behind him for just about. Or that did that in the sprint team. race as well. Like, he Hamilton did, yeah. couldn't get past Lando for 18 it laps was, in the sprint was, race. And to then be honest, get past it, was, that's thing, it ended up being a brilliant Monza race. But it was a weird Monza race at times because there wasn't as much. Certainly up the front, there wasn't as much overtaking as you'd normally Expect no. at Monza, which has huge long straights, plenty of chance to slipstream and use that DRS. But yeah, I'm just guess I, 
I imagine the McLarens just didn't actually run a rear wing. It was probably some kind of like holographic projection that made it look like they had a rear wing on, but it just wasn't a rear wing on the car. It was okay because you had Bottas coming from behind and just overtaking for fun and you kind of had... Which was really weird. A nice little um, midfield battle I'm as pretty well. sure I saw Valerie Bottas make more overtakes at Monza than I have in the rest of his Mercedes career. Yes, 100%. Um, I mean, what a fucking... What a fucking turnaround from last year as well. Like, Hamilton was the one that was just carving through the field and we were talking shit about how Bottas couldn't do shit. And then this time around... I mean, obviously, having new components in the yes. engine obviously helped, yeah. but... So they, they yeah, they redid still, his turbocharger MGUH and MGUK, um, which is the way he got the grid penalty. And I think they just wanted to do it all at once so they didn't get any more penalties later on. Just like, let's get it out of the way. Chuck Hamilton on pole. But yeah. That backfired spectacularly. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we rolled around to the pit cycle. Max was first in, and maybe Ricardo hadn't pitted, but yeah. They're all coming out. Basically, the all that really matters here. Max came in on lap 23, oh, Ricardo lap 22. Yes, okay. So Ricardo, yeah. That's right, because um, Red Bull were doing the silly buggers where they got all their mechanics to run out. And yes. then they, run, they ran. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so Ricardo came in, then Max came in, and I believe Lando came in. And then, yeah, when Hamilton came in, at first point, I was... Lap 25, Lando lap 24. Oh, so yeah, 22, 23, 24, 25. Oh, that's very nice. I was a little bit stressed about where it was going to come out in terms of Ricardo. From memory, Max had a... Was it Max who had a slowish stop? Max had a, like a 10-second plus stop. They both really had slow stops. Yeah. So Max, I think, was 11 or 12 seconds, which is fucking abnormal for Red it's Bull. It's like six times a Red Bull pit stop. Yeah, and at the time, like, Ricardo was obviously leading, but, you know, you were sitting there watching it live. Oh, you were sitting with him one to two seconds. He was right there. Yeah, yeah, and you were like, okay, yeah, after the pit stops, Max will probably get him, and, you know, Hamilton's still charging up. But then you had the long pit stop for Max, and I'm sitting there like, yep, this is good. We like this. And then Hamilton we had do? a four second. Why do we? Oh, because we want Ricardo to win. Yes. I oh, see. I was sitting there like, oh, Hamilton's going to fucking win this race now, oh. isn't he? Well, then Hamilton had a slow pit stop as well. I think it was four seconds. Yeah. So you know what happened later was, uh, you know, it shouldn't have happened really. Like, they, yeah. So they shouldn't have been sharing the track. Hamilton. Yeah. So Max was there because Norris, Norris had slipped away. So like Norris and Hamilton were a good uh, four or five seconds further back of where mm. Daniel and Max were, and yeah. So they all did their pit stops. Hamilton did as he's coming out. Verstappen is coming by him on the straight and they both arrive at turn one together and um, neither man willing to yield was the general gist of it. Yeah, we'll delve into what we obviously all think on it. But yeah, neither man gave each other much room. Max was run out right to the very outside of outside of turn one, inside of turn two, didn't yield. And that meant that he ended up going over those sausage curbs, which just launched him into the air and on top of Lewis's car. Yes. Which put them both in the ground trap with Max's car left resting on top of Lewis's. Yes. Um, and they were both out of the race. And uh, this is one of those things where um, I was deep in dealing with other stuff, half watching this race. And I'm just sort of there like, all right, well, messaging away with someone, like sorting this stuff out. And then I just sort of kind of half see, half hear. And I'm just like, holy, what the fuck? And I literally was just like, I look, I'm, I respect that you're currently dying, but I'm going to ignore you for like 10 minutes because um, Hamilton and Verstappen have just crashed and this is much more important. Um, it brought me very much back into the race. <laughs> I believe I was, my instant reaction was um, a whip of joy, yes, which is probably um, a little bit harsh given that well, considering Lewis Hamilton died, was donked yes, on so, the head you know, and would have died were it not um, for the halo. Jashan confirmed hates Bad Hamilton person. so much he wishes he was dead. <laughs> Um, Spencer, I'll start with you because I know you also would have loved Hamilton to have died. What did you make of it all? We don't wish death upon anybody on this show. Except for Antonio Giovinazzi because we want someone more Also don't want him to die. I'd rather he just gets sacked. Uh, What about Bottas? You hate Bottas. No. No death. Oh, you're just a bit of a pushover. But uh, Spencer, what did you make it all? Who do you you think's at fault? Actually, we should also say Verstappen has received a three-place grid penalty. For mm. this for, for Russia race, so yeah, who who do you think was at fault, Spencer? Do you think penalty was was fair? Obviously, Just lay it on us. I mean, first of all, I will say you know, fucking shout out to the halo because oh, that was one of the most like you know inconspicuous crashes. But without the halo, Hamilton could have been in in real. It strike. is always fun to pull um, out that uh, good tweet by Hamilton, moment. basically having a talk about the halo ruining racing. <laughs> um, stuff so i think yeah and no, it's been you know there's almost every second or third race like the halo comes into play like even um i think it was carlos carlos's crash last weekend that he had in um fp3 
at Zanvoort, um, mm. like stopped with debris coming up and cracking him in the noggin. Mm. Um, just quickly, science needs to stop think... crashing in practice. Like seriously, he crashed in us in Ascari again this weekend. Like, just get the car through practice. Oh, he's just having a. He's, having a good, he's testing the limit. That's what practice is for. He's testing, <sighs> testing the limits of the, the track. Get the car through practice. You're making it's the Ferrari. engineers work They too can hard. afford it. Haven't you? Haven't you watched the Schumacher docker yet? No, I haven't. First two minutes, he says that you need to know the limit. You need to the limit of the car. You need to be one with the car. And right now, Carlos just isn't quite one with the car. <laughs> He's one and a half, maybe. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, keep it going, keep it going. Um, I think the grid penalty was was harsh in the sense that, like, I don't necessarily think that it warranted, like, warranted a penalty. But I think that Max is probably, like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, you know, fucking typical Hamilton. But you watch, like, you watch the reverse angle of him coming out. I'm watching it right now. And, like, you do see, like, Hamilton is well within his rights to... And he doesn't he doesn't cut across, like, dangerously. Like, he still leaves Max a width. And he's looking at his left, re- like, his left side mirror the entire way. And I think that, yeah, Max probably should have just, you know... Max wanted to get the overtake done in that first, like, first chicane. Um, that was probably him getting a little bit, you know, like, you know hot-headed um but then i think after that it was just the the issue that verstappen runs over those curbs um and it's sort of you know aquaplanes him a little bit into hamilton's car but it's just a tough like you look at the chicane like it's an absolute nightmare like we've all played the fucking f1 game and how many flashbacks you have to do Mm. at the start of monza Um, and like but one thing that i will like just sort of the the after you know, chat of it from, because I stayed up because I was pretty jacked after Ricardo winning, <laughs> was, like, everybody saying that, like, they, you know, oh, we want to see you guys, you know, we want to see you guys going at it, but we want to see you guys finishing races. But I I disagree. Like, yes, I'd love to see them finishing races, but I think that this shows how, you know, how full-on this title fight really is. Like, Hamilton oh, yeah. put on an audacious move on Verstappen in the first lap that didn't come off yeah. um, at the next set of chicanes. Like this is this goes to show that like every single opportunity that they have to steal points from the other one, they're trying to do. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think like outside of Bot, like if it wasn't for Bottas have an absolute fucking doozy of a day, Mercedes would have had a pretty bad bad haul in points, but they managed to at least you know I think it was eighteen points all up for Bottas from the weekend with the sprint um, sprint quali race as well. But it's just, yeah, just two drivers, like, they're both well within the reach of the Drivers' Championship. And Verstappen saw a gap and took out the late, great Etten Senna. The moment that you don't, the moment that you see a gap and you don't go for it, you are no longer a racing, racing Mate, driver. if I had a dollar for what every time you referenced like, that fucking quote on this podcast, I would be swimming in cash. Right. Swimming That's in it. Good quote, isn't it? You, you mentioned the um the turn the I think it was the lap one incident where Hamilton ran into Max a little bit in a similar move, and that was a comparison made a lot, especially by Toto speaking after the fact. Like, uh, if you compare it to, I think it was yeah, it was turn four on lap one, and Lewis did back off <clears> rather <throat> than kind of going all in. And I think I think Max was justified in going for it, and but he probably could have yielded. A little bit more. Oh yeah, but then so could Hamilton. Well, that's the other thing. Hamilton see, see, insisted that he left a car's width, and there definitely think, wasn't a car's yeah, width. Yeah, it's what? Yeah, well, it was just one of those situations that just came about from just a bunch of little things happening before mm-hmm. then, where it was red. Like if Red Bull didn't have the shit stop, they're nine seconds up the road. Yeah. If Mercedes didn't have a shit stop. Hamilton's probably in front of Lando. The fact as well that Lando was there as well. So Hamilton couldn't run. Like, Hamilton probably would have ran a little bit deeper and then Verstappen would have had to fucking, you know, pull out. But, like, at the point where everything Verstappen did up to the point of the collision, I think was fine. Everything that Hamilton did up until the collision was fine. It's just that they're fucking huge racing cars now that are still driving on Mm. tracks that are the same width and dimensions that they were 50 years ago. Well, as that, and obviously... Um, the, those corners at Monza have like if those sausage curves aren't there, but probably nothing. All it's a much less severe incident. Like yeah. it was the fact that Max got now, yeah. which put him on top of that. But see, to me, this one was and more so than the Silverstone crash, which I think you've got to make some comparisons with as well. Like for me, this was just a racing incident. Like they were more or less properly alongside each other, 
and that, and it was just, you know, either one of them could have yielded and it wouldn't, they wouldn't have come to blows. Neither one of them did. Whereas to me, I still firmly think in Silverstone, that was Max's corner. Max was comfortably in front as evidenced by the fact that when Lewis hit him, it completely unweighted Max's car. That doesn't happen if you hit someone in the fucking front of the car. Mm. And that, whereas that's the thing, this was just, they were both side by side. They ran each other out of road. Neither of them yielded and it took them both out. So that's the thing. I, I thought Max getting any penalty for this was silly, but it really, I don't know, confuses me. And that in the Max has got, a three-place grid penalty, which, depending how you want to feel about it, more severe or certainly... Definitely more severe than what Lewis got for Silverstone. Yeah, well, I mean, the 10-place grid... I mean, the 10 seconds did drop Lewis back about three positions in the race. So it's actually much of it. But that's the thing. Because I'd I'd almost say to me, I think, you know... Because it it comes as a thing. A 10-second penalty early in the race is arguably more than a three-place grid drop. A 10-second penalty late in the race is absolutely fucking nothing. Um, so, I mean, I thought they were large, you know, you could say they're largely the same. But to me, then that baffles me because I just, I don't think how you could say, A, that, you know, Max had the same level of fault in this crash as Hamilton did in the Verstappen crash. Mm. Um you know, B, it's certainly not like Max gained any advantage from this. He was taken out as well. And C, I mean, in terms of, I know obviously the way it happened and that and the nature of the way Max's car went over the top of Hamilton's, obviously with no halo, could have been a million times worse. But to me personally, I think the outcome of the Silverson incident was a much, much more dangerous crash and that because this one was literally just a freak incident. It's just by a freak bit of chance that when Verstappen's car went over the coast, I mean, not that it launched into the air, but the way it then came down on Hamilton's car mm. and that, whereas there was only ever going to be one outcome if they made that contact in Silverstone with Hamilton sticking his nose up there, which is Max's car, you know, having, you know, getting unbalanced, having the weight taken off it at 250 kilometres per hour, and then it's obviously going to, you know, lose control, spear into the barriers at near full speed, which is what it did. Yeah. Whereas this was literally freak chance. So I just, at every single level of the incident, I just don't see how you can be like, oh, yeah, no, Max was as at fault for this as Lewis was in Silverstone. And, again, this is just feels like another chapter in what we've saying on this show for basically its entire existence now is it's just confusing stewardship that doesn't seem to be a level of consistency to this and i mean i'll obviously admit obviously i have a level of bias anti you know pro max bias Mm -hmm. and that but i'm still just i don't know it i I agree i think it was a racing incident um we had one of our many many legions of fans write in annie verma big shout outs justified penalty for max i think not which I, I like his I mean, vernacular there. Sounds, sounds like a Dutchman, to be honest, with that kind of name. No, so. <laughs> he's a Indian descent. Nice guy. Going to be a politician one day. Dutch East um, Indies. Martin Brundle in the moment said that Max had absolutely nothing wrong. He implied it was a racing incident. You had people... See, now that, that the, the mere fact that a Brit... Yes. Martin Brundle has Lewis Hamilton's dick in his throat 360 <laughs> days out of 365 a year. And Martin Brundle said it was a racing incident. That is the most definitive proof that, if anything, it was Lewis's fault. Jesus Christ, mate. I mean, tell me That's I'm wrong. Quality. Tell me I'm wrong. My, my, I'll, I'll, do you guys mind if I run through a few of the quotes from the aftermath? Oh, some go quick, for it. And then we can content. get into the fucking fuckhead British fans who think Max is the worst person alive. Yeah, I'm keen to hear both reasons. of your thoughts just on like the general reaction. Obviously, the two drivers straight away. And I think this played a part in it as well. Because there's all this talk about, oh, Max didn't check if he was okay. And, you know, the first thing he said over the radio was, oh, he didn't leave me the space. And I honestly think the steward probably looked at that and thought, you know, bad behavior or whatever. And there's probably a bit of anti-Max bias. I don't know. But, yeah, the first thing Max said was, hey, that's what happens when no one when you don't leave space. The first thing Lewis said was, all you know, he turned in on me. you have to leave it to space. Indeed. Hamilton, after the fact, I saw Max coming and I made sure I left a car's width on the outside for him. Bullshit. I went into turn one and I was ahead and I was going Bullshit. ahead into turn two. 
and then all of a sudden he was Possibly. on top of me. That was um, true. And then you got Toto. Toto went in. I think it was clear for Max that his positioning would end in a crash. It was clear to Max in there that it would end up in a crash. And I think if we don't manage this in the right way, it's going to continue. He was trying to compare it to like a professional foul in football. It's crazy though, because Lewis would have had no idea of what could have happened at Silverstone. Not a like, chance. That was complete freak accident. Lewis could have done nothing about it. You, there's no way you could have guessed that that would have happened. We've got uh, Andrew Shovlin, who's the trackside engineer, trackside engineering director for Mercedes. Max was never going to make the corner, but it seems like he will always choose to force the issue rather than concede a position to Lewis. <clears throat> and on the other side... That's how title fights work. <laughs> Max, we were racing for position today, but you need two people to work together to make the corner, and Lewis just kept squeezing until there wasn't room anymore for two cars, and that's when we crashed. Christian Horner, we had, he actually, Christian Horner was very, he was very diplomatic. We are disappointed with the three-place grid penalty, but except the stewards' decision, we felt what happened between Max and Lewis was a genuine racing incident. Damon Hill. I love, this is my favorite one. Looking at the replay of Max on Lewis, there was no way that he was going to make that work. The only conclusion is he might have been trying to take Lewis out. He's got a points advantage, and this was a race which Mercedes was supposed to win. And then Ross Braun. You've got two cockerels in the farmyard at the moment, and we are seeing the consequence of it. I think Ross Braun's got the best quote there. <laughs> Big fan of the um, cockerels in the farm. What a bizarre timeline we're living in this season mm. where, like, Christian Horner is mm. consistently, for the most part, like, not every time, sometimes they're both the smaller man. <laughs> but I can't, think, I can't think of an example this year where Toto's been the bigger person, but mm. I can think of a few where Christian's actually come across, like, really considered diplomatic mm. and like just being the bigger person where you can tell Christian seething and absolutely thinks that Lewis Hamilton is at fault for yeah. climate change. But you know, <laughs> he's multiple times this season. He's given the very considered response and that. Yeah. And just sort of gone with it. We'll just get on with the job. And uh, I never oh, really expected Toto's that. Toto's too powerful, mate. He doesn't give, no one, no one can touch I'm him. I'm so over Toto. But what do you, Spence, I just, just check it. Like, do you think that Max's reaction might have had anything to do with the penalty? The stewards, you know, kind of looking at that and thinking, ugh, a bit much. I mean, it shouldn't, but it probably did to some, to some extent. Like I saw some commentary about how Max didn't like look, you know, look to check on Lewis after the crash, but you know, Lewis (laughs) was still trying to reverse his car out of there while Max was walking past, so... There's, and there's just like there's just so many politics that go that go into this shit, and I would say that Mercedes would have been on the fucking blower yeah. to the FIA. Um, there were so, so many emails sent, like so many fucking. Oh emails. yeah, Michael, have you uh, received our latest email? Michael, we sent you another. Michael, 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 <laughs> Michael, Michael, email. And you look, you look at how the crash was as well. Like there's probably. They probably could have looked at the um, the data see, but from this is what Max's really car. shits me off at that. Like people saying that for starters, well, Lewis didn't fucking check on Max, and he went into the barriers at two hundred kilometers per hour. It's not like Lewis could have the race was red flagged. Mm-hmm. Lewis could have fucking pulled up, got out, walked back, helped Max out of his car. Fucking, that's the thing. Max, as and as, as Daniel said, you know, if Max thought Lewis was in trouble, he probably would have helped it. But Lewis, Max would have been angry, would have got out, and been like, oh. Lewis is trying to reverse out from under me. He's probably okay, and he thinks he's still in the race. I'll I'll leave him to it. And he does and hesitate that's, that's the, as he's walking away. Like, he hesitates and he looks at wanting... Hamilton's car. He looks and at like, he's yeah, reversing. That's the thing. Like, like Max did that, but Max and that, you know, Lewis fucking celebrated the most over the top celebration that I've seen in years. Whilst Max Verstappen was in hospital. And there's people out there who have the gall to be like, oh, Max is a fucking awful person. He didn't even check on Lewis. Lewis was fucking jumping barriers, running around with the British flag being, I'm a fucking twat. And, you know, he had no idea what condition Max was in. Mm. And he said as such, that was his justification. I didn't know Max was in hospital. Exactly. You had no idea how Max was. Max was able to get out and be like, ah, Lewis is all right. Well, if I walk over into him right now, I'm probably going to want to punch him in the face because I think this was his fault. So I'm just going to fucking walk off. Like, what do you want him to do? Fucking, you know, get down on his knees and like pray to the Lord and Savior Lewis Hamilton and fucking walk up to him and be like, I'm so sorry, Lewis. It was all me. Just we'll let you win the championship. I just 
fucking absurd. And if they if that did somehow come into the stewards' decision, then why wasn't Lewis Hamilton given a fucking yeah. race ban for the way he acted in Silverstone? Yeah, it's uh, absurd. And people, anyone who's saying that Verstappen has like you know character deficiencies or something because of that, you are genuinely a fucking joke, and you shouldn't be allowed to watch this sport anymore. Well, like, fuck off. Most people actually like, fuck off. I saw a poll. Uh, one of my one of our favorite YouTubers, Gross Jean. Put up a, does Max Verstappen deserve a penalty or not? We had 21% say yes, 79% say no. It's probably about the split of how many people that watch F1 are British or not. Well, yeah, you got Hamilton fans basically, you know, supporting Hamilton and, and everyone else is pretty against the decision as a whole. And I think that's pretty telling. Like, it's, yeah, it just seems a bit, it, 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 it was a racing incident, 100%. Yeah, I see, I've seen, yeah, it was just. I, I think Spencer know. makes a good point. Max probably was the man <clears throat> who should have yielded. But neither, neither. I mean, oh yeah, both that, that's the thing. Neither, you know. It's, yeah, it's it's a strange one. Max is. I think we know. Lewis should know. That's considering the way people talk about Max. Surely Lewis should know and recognize that Max is a fucking. Lewis obviously thinks Max is such an un, unwieldy racer, and he's never going to back down. He'll do stupid things. If that's your opinion of him, then shouldn't you, man, who literally said, um, before fucking up Barky big time, that it's a marathon, not a sprint, guys. Shouldn't you, Mr. Marathon Runner, go, hey, we go wheel to wheel into this corner. Max will probably be a fuckwit. You know what? I'm just going to let him take the position. I'll have the rest of the rest try and get him back. You know, saves me from getting damage if we tangle, you know, injuries or whatever. But, like, that's the thing, you know. Mm. If you know that's how Max is going to race you and you still choose to race him, that is on you at that point. And the thing is, like... Move like the penalty as well can have massive implications because Sochi is obviously a track that a Valtteri Bottas has had a lot of success in. It's typically a Mercedes run track, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Now McLaren have that Mercedes power. They look really good. They they'll be up there. So getting dropped down three spots will, could very much you know lose Max more points. Oh, absolutely. So, moving on from uh, that rather divisive moment, I guess the other. Well, two other, two other notable things from the race. Well, maybe we'll work our way up to it. I think the next thing. We've got to got to put some respect on the name Valtteri Bottas for his drive this uh, weekend. Yes. He was, as I said, he was flawless in the first two sessions. He topped qualifying. He won the sprint race. He then bundled all the way down to 19th on the grid because Sergio started from the pit lane or something? Or fucking... Well, Gasly... Gasly started. Gasly started from the pit start. lane. Yes. Gasly was um, going to start didn't from even the back. Gasly was going to have to start from the back anyway because he crashed during the sprint, and then they changed his front wing engine and gearbox. So then he got pushed you. further back to the back of the grid. Yes. So Bottas started <laughs> P nineteen or P eighteen because uh, once again, there were Yukio noted didn't even make the race, did he? No, he did not. Um, and yeah, then Bottas just put on a um, masterclass slash Christian Lungard impersonation oh as God. he drove his way from P nineteen to the podium. Uh, technically he drove his way to P4 and then was handed the podium at the end thanks to a Sergio Perez five second penalty yes but technically Christian Lungard drove his way to P4 oh my god we get it you like the Danish boy I mean fuck okay if fucking Hans Christian Andersen had done what Lungard did I would have made (laughs) he's still Danish but I would have made the same comparison (laughs) yeah that's fair enough Lungard like the fact that both of them started P19 both of them crossed the line fourth and both of them got third because of a five second penalty of a man in front of them it's it's a perfect comparison obviously Christian and Christian Lungard is a massive beta male in terms of drivers so (laughs) like you're yeah. on board with the Valtteri Bottas as a beta now? Well, I don't think he's a cuck, but he's clearly not an alpha. That's why he's fucking ah, doesn't compete with them. But he's going to Alpha Romeo. Maybe they'll teach him how to be an alpha. <laughs> be better off an alpha <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they got the spelling. But right. no, um, Bottas was, you know, impressive. Spencer, like, what do, what do you feel about this? Is this just Bottas throwing out his one? I'm pissed off races. Is him trying to make a... A statement after obviously losing that Mercedes seat to George Russell? Or is this, yeah, just, you know, he's in the fastest car and a bunch of people ahead of him failed to finish and he just sort of inherited the positions? I think that he he only out-qualified Hamilton by a bee's dick, wasn't it? Like, it wasn't It was, it was close. It was definitely close. sprint quality. Yeah. So I don't think that was necessarily too... Was it 19.555 by 19.651? So 
yeah, wasn't, you know, wasn't that much quicker than Hamilton to do a good enough job there. Um, not really, because we know that the Mercedes is a fantastic car. We mentioned that he got a whole new engine put in, like all of his components were like freshened up. Um, and with Hamilton and Verstappen gone, um, he saw, you know, two less guys that would normally finish in front of him that weren't there. I think that maybe there was something a little bit more, you know, brewing inside of him. But this was a, a typical Valtteri race for the most part and why Hamilton has never had a single problem with Valtteri and gave him a big fucking Instagram post when he said that he was leaving because Valtteri is just the perfect number two driver. Um, I think the timing of it was pretty shit because he probably looked pretty good odds to to be winning the race um, if he didn't start from the back. But um, he was just about the only car all weekend that had the speed to just take people on the front straight um, pretty easily. Um no, I just like it was good to see him and like his reaction at the end of the race when they were showing him the incident between Max and Lewis was <laughs> fantastic. Oh, that was that was, that was amazing. Oh, what a, I mean, I can't remember who was doing the interview, but like David Coulthard. Was it some um, Coulthard? Coulthard, yeah. It, Coulthard had a just, bit of a fuck. Jesus, I just it's that's one of those ones that I feel like we see more maybe these days in modern journalism, and you're just like, just why? Why are you putting him on the spot? Like, what? First of all. I mean, I know why you're putting him on the spot. You're hoping he'll, like, be like, oh, Lewis is a fuckwit or something. Yeah. And you get that. But, like, what are you expecting him to say? Bottas isn't an idiot. Bottas looked at it and he was like, oh. Yeah, yeah so well, I'm not going to give you anything here. I'm just going to look back at you and wait for you to say something. Else. Like, what do you expect Bottas to say there? Yeah, Coulthard, what he did, he asked Bottas his thoughts on the Max Lewis crash and they showed footage and mm-hmm. Bottas just looks at it and turns back and kind of smiles in a cheeky manner and goes, yeah. No opinion. I had a great weekend, though. Talk about me. Exactly. And, and, and amen also, to that, brother. Also, honestly, a little bit disrespectful to Bottas, yeah. who's had a put in a brilliant drive. He's driven from P19 to yep. P3. To be perfectly honest, I'm in the camp. I think Bottas deserved driver of the day. Nothing Taking nothing away from Ricardo. Obviously, that's a huge thing. But Ricardo led from turn one to the end of the race. Well, the fact that Ricardo got really... fastest lap in the last lap oh, yeah. is so fucking oh, yeah. baller, though. He never really so had anyone sick. massively challenge him, whereas Bottas mm. had to carve his way up. Like, if that wasn't Bottas in a Mercedes, if Antonio Giovinazzi had driven from P19 Dude. to P3, he's easy getting driver of the day. And, like, yeah. you know, obviously Bottas is in a better car than most of the field, but we didn't see Hamilton obliterate past some of those other drivers up there. And, that. and Bottas was the only guy making any sort of momentum. No, I think Bottas would have won had he started where he should have started exactly. for the penalty. He drove really well. So, and I th- maybe yeah. it's just a weight off his shoulders, knowing, knowing that oh, he's I imagine so. He's definitely that. It'd be interesting to see. I, I personally think he will probably play out the route of the good team player because yeah. I think I think that's probably important to him to maintain that reputation. Fair enough. Like, he's got a good reputation in the paddock as he's a fair driver. He'll, you know, yeah. he'll put the team first. But at the same time, if Valtteri Bottas decides to just go completely fucking rogue and just start racing for himself, I'd be totally here for it. <laughs> rogue Bottas. Absolutely. A wild Bottas has appeared. Yeah. We use uh, James Radio. It's super effective. You mentioned Giovinazzi. He would never do that. He doesn't have any talent. I'm sorry. He's mm-hmm. done. He's qualified P7 or qualified along with sprint races twice now, and he's biffed it twice. Like, you need to make the most of the second half of the season, Antonio. Your seat is the only seat now up for grabs. You yeah. need to fucking score points. He biffed it in Zanvoort, and this time on the opening lap, sorry to just jump ahead, but, like, I need to get this off my chest. He fucks up completely, and then he swerves back on the track. Like, that could be extremely dangerous. I actually have a theory here. He's shit? No, no, no. Well, maybe, mate, no. But he's he's trying to channel his inner George Russell. Okay. He started qualifying really well. <laughs> yeah, okay. And he's trying to, he's, but he has to run. It's hard for him because he has to fucking rush it because he's only got yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. And he has to do the entire George Russell evolution. So he started qualifying really well and he's going to get shit starts and fucking that. And then one of these, he's just going to bang out a fucking P5 in like. So he'll need to have a call up to Ferrari at some point. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he'll have to. He'll have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like he just runs onto the curbs and he just kind of drives back onto the track mm. into Carlos Sainz. So, and he obviously, he didn't finish with points. Uh, I think he's done. Yeah. Oh, no, I think, I, I mean, you can tell from the chat in the paddock. It's no longer, it, like, none of the chat, all the chat seems to be, oh, will the Alpha seat be DeVries? Will it be Guan Yu Zhou? 
Ooh, could it be Teo Porsche? Could it be the eighteen-year-old? None of it. <laughs> none of it is. Hey, is Geo staying? Yeah. Not, none of the chat is Geo staying. It's all which guy from F two is getting, or in Devries's case, Formula E is getting yeah. this promotion. It's it's sad um, because he's got a gorgeous beard. And if you want to hear more on that, uh, tune in to our F2 for you that Jushan and I released uh, earlier this week. Yes. It's a great um, we, podcast. It's a brilliant podcast. We delved a little bit into who we think should have that Alfa Romeo seed. But on to... Real quick, sorry. Um, you mentioned David Coulthard before. I just I just saw this article. So Yuki Tsunoda came out and said that he was surprised by his... Uh, reinstatement at AlphaTauri. A little bit surprised because he hasn't had a great season. And Coulthard just, like, blasts him. He says he should pack his little bag and go home now. What planet is he from? That's not the voice of a racing driver. I'm shocked they could retain him. He keeps crashing. Is it... Oh, yeah. I never he should day- book a, He should book a plane ticket and make sure he buys them cheap because he won't be in Formula 1 <laughs> beyond the end of next year. David Coulthard's an angry man. Oh, I didn't... I've never had David Coulthard pegged as such a cunt. <laughs> like, fuck off, DC. You were shit. He's a 13-time you- race winner, mate. Oh, uh, well, because he was in the best... D- David Coulthard was like the Valtteri Bottas of his generation. He was the epitome <laughs> okay. of, like, upper mid-card mediocrity. Right. Like... Like, whoop do you fucking do, David? You know, I just... Pack his little bag and go home. Also, also, what planet he's from can have questionable connotations, I feel. That's a a sketchy grey area I wouldn't advise getting into. Are you trying to suggest that David Coulthard's racist? No, but I'm more like, "Mm, think about what you're saying before you say it so that shit doesn't get taken out of context. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Oh, jeez. Kids these days. Bloody crazy. Yeah, well, apparently they're not good enough to drive Formula 1 cars, according to David Coulthard. Nah, not if but on to, on to the big news. The thing I think all three of us want to talk about revel in, particularly one of us, because as we've mentioned earlier on this show, the man who won this race ahead of his teammate Lando Norris, much to uh, Norris's chagrin during the race, but he, mm. seemed, he seemed pretty chill with it afterwards. He was, he was, he was good on the podium. And Valtteri Bottas, who inherited that P3 spot from Sergio Perez, who had a time penalty for something that he did. I can't remember. Uh, for not I overtook illegally, back. didn't give it back. That's I can right. get into that if you want, because that's, that's, right. that, that's, there's, some, there's some fuckery going on there. But Daniel Ricciardo is the man who took home P1. We've made plenty of jokes about it. Spencer... I, I mean, I know Spencer Spence has seriously predicted big things from Ricardo, but I always felt like that was a serious prediction that was done very jokingly. Mm. Um, you know, you I mean you made the you know you made the inferences. You kind of thought to yourself when he had the decent qualifier, you're like, oh, you know, this could be the one. But like, I don't know about you two. Did I actually think Daniel Ricardo was going to win this chance? Not a fucking hope in hell. I mean, just to be honest, I just assumed something would go wrong if he was like in a mm. decent position, but like. I had no expectations of Daniel doing this. And, yeah, I mean, he put on a fucking clinic. He took, as I said, he took that lead turn one. He never looked back. There was a couple of times where Max sort of crept into DRS and obviously had Max and Lewis not taken each other out. Who knows how it would have gone. But from that point there, post the safety cars and that, you know, he had Lando right on him for a while, but Lando didn't have enough pace to get by. And, you know, it was clear that Lando felt he was a bit faster and wanted to be, you know, the swap to happen so he could check out. And, you know, like imagine the team was like, all right, Daniel, you know, Lando, you need to either drive faster or we'll fucking let Lando go past you. And Daniel was like, all right, well, I'll just fuck off and go faster. He cleared out and just yeah. cruised. Very, honestly, one of the simplest wins. As as obviously a huge win as this is in Daniel's career. What's that? Probably one of the easier wins he's had. He's done a lot of them the hard way. And this one, he just fucking cruised around at the front. And it yeah. was glorious to see. And Spencer, you're the man who predicted Ricardo to win this year's world championship. So I'll give the floor to you. Is this the start of Daniel Ricardo's glorious comeback in 2021 as he romps home to the most unlikely of world championship victories? No. No, it is not. Um... Party pooper. <laughs> I think it makes it makes McLaren's 
claim at a championship next year. Um, heat up a little bit. Yep. I, I, I just think it was... Obviously, there were some things that had to go McLaren and Ricardo's way this weekend, and those things did, but... Um, like, Ricardo kept Max Verstappen behind him for 22 laps. Yep. It's no small feat. Max Verstappen had a shitty pit stop, and so did Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen were both still stuck behind Lando Norris after the first run of pit stops. So just because those two crashed out doesn't mean that Ricardo wasn't going to win the race. And he was talking a lot about how he really needed the the mid you know the summer break to to just get back to who he was and to really just you yeah. know have a have a little bit of a breather. The races were getting you know like rolling over on each other very quickly, and. He just drove a perfect race. Like, everything he did was fantastic. Like, when Lando was getting a little bit lippy on the radio and they asked him to pick up his pace, he did. Um, he managed to snag fastest lap on the last lap of the race on a pair of scrub hard tyres. And, yeah, for the rest of the year, I think now, like, obviously, like... And that's so weird as well because with Monza, we hit the chat with Ricardo all year was that he was really struggling with the, the braking, yes. that he couldn't quite find out his braking. And Monza is probably the track on the calendar that is pretty much just you accelerate and then you brake really hard before the, and then it's just, you just do that. This 50 odd laps. And he just, he did everything perfectly. Like that McLaren at times looked about three cars wide. Um, the takeoff that it had fucking about, you know, 70, 80 Ks to about 200 was just phenomenal. I think he had the fastest zero to 200 on the start of the race as well. Um, and I think I predicted Lando to win the race this weekend. Um, Let me check that, dude. I was pretty close on that one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was the only man who had Ricardo on the podium. So that is that is true. Uh, while you were checking that, I I found something interesting, but very dumb on Instagram, which I think Jashan will appreciate a lot. Oh, Someone yeah. pointed out the fact that obviously, so this was the first one-two for any team this season. Yep. And it was achieved by drivers number three and four. Yes. Which gave McLaren their fifth podium of the year. Oh. Daniel's six top six finish for the season in a race where driver number seven didn't compete and it was Daniel Ricciardo's eighth career victory nine years after McLaren had their last win. And my takeaway from that is who the fuck even thinks and comes up with this shit? Who puts all of those dots together? I believe. What is your... You oh, really you screenshot it, dude? Yes. <sighs> no, I didn't just fucking scroll back through three days of Instagram to find a fucking you post. You said you just found it on Instagram. You no, 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 no. I said I'd found this thing on social media. This God is, damn it. I didn't just find... I know. I, I saw this four days ago. I was like, I'm going to screenshot that ready for the podcast. <laughs> uh, Spencer, yeah, you did. It, you had Norris first, Verstappen second, and mm. Hamilton third. Oh, Spencer's a fucking genius. What? Spencer's a fucking... Well, he had a McLaren winning. Spencer's a fucking genius. McLaren, though. Still, I'd say no, I'd say having Norris winning the race is closer to Ricardo winning than having Ricardo on the podium. That's fair. That's fair. That's very fair. As you were saying, Spence, you had, yeah, you had Norris winning. At the end of the day, like, yeah, there were some things that went their way, but it's there's been some results that they've had the last two years where things maybe didn't quite go their way. Um, you know, like Lando's time penalty at the... Um, the Austrian Grand Prix and Ricardo just seems to have always just been struggling with just little bits of the car just here and there. And this was the first weekend where everything came together. And I think that for the end of the season, like you look at what we've got coming up. So we've got Russia, which is like you mentioned to shine is a very, you know, Mercedes dominant track. I don't think they've lost there since 2014. I I think they've won every race since 2014 there. Um, Then we flow into Turkey and the United States. And now for McLaren, like they're going to have that, you know, that sort of fun, fun sort of role that there's no pressure on them to win a championship because both their drivers are well out of it in the constructors. They're long gone, but they can play the fucking spoiler and they they know how to operate on a small budget. Yeah. Because they've been doing that before Zach Brown came along and they had fucking they had about one or two sponsors four or five years ago. And I think for maybe not so much Mercedes, but definitely Red Bull, I think next year, like McLaren are going to be a huge threat because Lando just seems to be getting better and better every day. And for as much as the... And rightfully so, the, the hype and chat that George Russell gets... I think it's going to be really fucking fun to see George and Lando next year in two 
top-tier cars. And if Ricardo can keep this confidence going and can actually get that, you know, that that smile that he's that he's got, like, and like just the overall just emotion that he's showed on the weekend, if that version of him can come back, then McLaren are going to be a fucking really, really tough package to beat next year. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that, and I reckon that Lando is close, like he's closer. Like, I think he'll get a race win before the end of the season. I don't think we've seen the last of Hamilton and Verstappen turfing each other off the track. Um, hopefully, hopefully. But they they were perfect. And Sergio all Perez weekend. right now looks like a fucking. Oh, I mean, Sergio ro- drove well. I'll get, I want to get into the Sergio stuff after this, but I will say like McLaren's weekend overall was so fucking good in the sprint. They were I think two of the only teams who went out on softs, which helped them get that early lead and overtake Lewis and kind of put both cars in the podium spots. And obviously, as we know, there were no overtakes beyond the first few laps. Right, so you do that, you gain a few spots, and then they kill it on race day. Perfect strategy, perfect everything. They handled the Lando Daniel moment well. You know, they made sure nothing bad happened. And just real quick, in two thousand seventeen, they scored thirty points. In two thousand eighteen, they scored sixty two points, and then one hundred forty five points last year. Two hundred two points. They're already on two hundred fifteen points this season. The trajectory is good. McLaren is back. McLaren is back, baby. McLaren is back. Nice to see. And just some stats. I've got them here. Yeah, first win since Brazil 2012 for Jensen Button. 170 Grand Prix. First 1-2 since the Canadian Grand Prix in 2010. Lewis led Jensen. 220 Grand Prix since then. Um, 170 Grand Prix is the second longest gap between wins for a modern constructor. The all-time record is held by Ligier with 231 between 1981 and 1996. I saw the same start as you. Yeah, yes. The win was earned over the weekend of Tom Stallard's birthday, who I believe is Ricardo's engineer, or maybe radio dude. Anyway, someone part of the uh, McLaren family. Wow, and Zach Brown went up onto the podium like the egomaniac yes, he, he is. First time since Abu Fucking Dhabi Americans. 2018 that Ricardo was led mm. a race, 1,024 days. First win in a 1,206 days for Ricardo. It's his first Monza podium in 11 attempts, and it's first front row start since Mexico 2018. For all those who thought I left, I never left. I just stepped aside for a bit. Daniel is back. Well, I mean, if McLaren they thought left, that's back. ridiculous. He was always in the sport. He hadn't gone anywhere. Did you did you see that quote though? Yeah, I saw that quote. Yeah, it's it's fucking fucking I saw awesome. that quote. Oh, so good, so good. And the shoeys were out and about. Who took the shoey the best? You reckon, Spence? Daniel, Lando, or Zach? Not Zach. I can guarantee you that, having not seen them. <laughs> I mean, you've got to go with Daniel because he actually enjoyed. Say, it. Probably not Lando because, like, <laughs> Lando's a little like posh British boy. There's no way he'd take a shoey well. I believe, well... Although I thought that I liked Zach that he tried to do it from the high. Yeah, he tried yeah. to have it up high and he tried to do the odd pour down and then Daniel came in and fucking... He shoved it know, down his throat. Told him what for and told him how to do it the right way. <laughs> um, but no, you, you love to see it because... And it obviously is that thing. It's the, you know, you do get sick of like, you know, in all sports, teams that start off as the young hot shots, as soon as they start to get good and they win a lot, they start to get, you know, hate from fans and everything else and... That was once McLaren as well. McLaren mm-hmm. were once seen as the the big baddies. But just to see how the whole team reacted and just the fact as well that, yeah, there might have been some things that went their way, but, like, first one, two this season. Oh, that was such a like, fascinating stat. I would not have picked that, but, yeah, because it's been so much for Stappen and Hamilton, I guess. Yeah, because Bottas has been third, yes. like, eight times. <laughs> and when Perez won, Verstappen crashed out. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I think this race is very much one of those quintessential ones for me. If I'm being honest, I'm trying again. I'm that, but I don't even know whether I'd say it was the best race. Like, I it was it was a good race, but like on track wise, I think we've seen better on track action this I mean, year. You had the cool little Ferrari and Perez battle in the middle. Oh there no, with I'm not. I'm not. I'm well. not. Don't take this as me. I don't need you. I like this isn't me being like, oh, it was a shit race. But this yeah, is yeah. my classic point where I've always maintained. At this point in time, after such an extended period of dominance, I will take a race where, for large portions, there isn't all that much going on, nothing much, too much changes at the top, but we get an interesting, cool winner, Ricardo, over a race where fucking, you know, the Lee, Verstappen and Hamilton have like a 20-lap duel, but Hamilton wins again, and I'm just over that. Mm. And that's what this was. Like, this was a very good race, 
but it was made into, you know, a brilliant race because it was just an, inter- a fun, an interesting, I mean, even just being the crime winning, but yeah, an interesting outcome, an extra level at Ricardo as well and all of that. And that just meant, because, you know, that's the thing. I'm not saying it was a bad race, but again, up until Verstappen and Hamilton crashed out, partly because of other things and that, but like if it had been a really, really good race, I probably still would have been absorbed in it and I had completely spaced out from it. I mean, you, you had Perez making overtakes from P9 where he started. He's qualifying his shit. And you had obviously Bottas calving through the field. You had Alonso making the most of the safety cars, gaining a few spots. You had Stroll driving very well. Such a crafty devil. He is a crafty devil. Alonso's a crafty fucking devil. There were, there were some nice moments. I just want to touch on um, Valtteri Bottas didn't commit to the shoey. <clears throat> and uh, Ricardo made the point that, you know, he probably should have because he's dating an Australian. And Bottas rebuffed him with, uh, we don't do shoeys at home, so I won't do shoeys here. Fair enough. Yes, Tiff Crompole actually has some class. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, the female cyclists aren't quite the uh, same level of degenerates as footy players or just Formula One drivers named Daniel. Ricardo's from Perth, and Perth's just full of degens, mate. Absolutely. Sounds like uh, Spencer's going to be doing a lot of shoeys next year then. Fucking oath. Fucking. <laughs> I will be when the fucking race run at 9 p.m. That's <laughs> uh, just, a, you just a fucking Sunday night, lads. Do we want to talk about Sergio's mm. five second penalty or do we not care too much? I really don't care. Don't give a it's shit. It's up to you. Nah, uh, he's he's a dumb cunt. He should have just given the, the place back and he didn't. He got everything he deserved. He's a fucking moron. <laughs> Well, no, because it's interesting because... If he'd given it back to Leclerc, he still would have had Bottas behind I know, him. I know, I know. That's the thing. He would have just taken the position back Dumbass. anyway because the, the Ferraris don't have the engine to compete at a track like Monza. But Horner said that basically, you know, they were waiting for the FIA to get back to them and they figured that, you know, if they don't get back to us, we could, we'll just keep racing. But then the FIA oh, came at Michael Massey said that, oh, yeah, Ma- Michael Massey said that they, you know, told him instantly to give the position back. So either Red Bull just are stupid or, I don't know, there's some anti-Red Bull fuckery going on at FIA headquarters. I don't know. In a, in a sport where the rules have always been, if you cut the track illegally and you gain a position unfairly, you must give it back. For them to say, like, oh, we were just waiting for you guys to get back to us. It was probably mm-hmm. because the FIA, like... It's always been part of the rules. Like, don't just, don't be dumb. Oh, yeah, it's not, it it's not that hard. And more to the point as well, he'd been given a warning for it early in the race and had to give up another position back. That's fair. Like, you know. That's fair. What is the problem with Sergio Perez right now? Why can he not qualify well? I think, I, honestly, it's it's that, I, th- I think it genuinely is that, just that Red Bull really is obviously just a completely fucked car to drive if you're not someone with the just God-given talent that Max Verstappen has. Hmm. Because no one's been at a crack it since Ricardo, and I don't know when Ricardo is there. The car may not have been quite as weighted to Verstappen's incredible abilities, but since Ricardo's gone, it was made fully Verstappen's team. We've just never been able to see anyone else get to grips with that car. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's 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 unfortunate, but he's there for another year, so he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll learn it eventually. We've got to have faith in Sergio Perez. Um, anything you guys want to touch on next? Can I go on my Aston Martin spiel? Matt Knock wants to go yourself. to bed. I really do want to go to bed. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Knock myself out. Okay. All right. I will. First of all, Lance Stroll finished P7. That's his best result of the year. He's finished P8 four times. But, you know, he's getting some consistency now. He's looping a little bit better. It's, it's, it's good a, to see. That's a P11 adjusted because, obviously, Hamilton would have beaten him, Verstappen would have beaten him, Gasly would have beaten him, and Mazepin would have beaten him. You've just praised Valtteri Bottas for finishing third. Obviously, that wouldn't have happened if... Like, oh, true. I know. I mean, Valtteri, Valtteri Bottas driving from uh, 19th to 6th is still pretty good. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I've lost my, I've, I lost my place. Vettel looked average, but yeah, like we mentioned earlier, he had some contact with Ocon and some contact with Mick Schumacher. Not ideal. But news. We got some news. Both Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll have been retained for 2022. Vettel exercised, I think, a, a race. I don't know. What do you call it? A racer option rather than a player option? Driver option. Driver option. Yes, a driver option. And Stroll was, obviously, he's not going to go. His dad owns the team. But... I want to mention this. Apparently, in Monaco, you know, when he had his uh, sore eye, one of his eyes felt like it was bleeding. His mechanic had an eye patch waiting for him at the end of the race as a joke. 
Apparently, in uh, Austria, a lot of the team weren't sleeping well, so Vettel bought them all a pillow with his face on it. And allegedly, he's just in a really, really good mood and loves it there. And you know what? Moving forward into 2022, I think he's the perfect guy to develop the brand new car, lead them into a new era. If he's not delivering, then they, you know, they'll have a plethora of drivers to pick from in 2023. But, um, yeah, I'm keen to see Vettel for another season in Aston Martin. Oh, he's the most likable driver in the grid. It's not even close. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, He's just got no pressure on him anymore, no expectations. So he's able to just lay back and, you know, relax. I mean, he'd be in the top 10 in the standings were not for that hungry bullshit as well. So his result oh, yeah. hasn't been that bad. Inconsistent, yeah. but still there. The talent's still there. But he's, you know, I get it. He's put together a better season than Stroll has. Like, that car is just not that great. Yeah, and Stroll is getting more consistent. Stroll is still 22, by the way. I know, no, I know. It's bloody Stroll ridiculous. Yeah. He's, he's, as, he's as young as Guan Yu Zhou. So. Yes. Yeah, Lawrence wants the team competing for championships in three to five years. That's their goal. They've started developing well, a new facility. Do you reckon with... anyone's told him that to compete for championships, he will have to get someone that isn't his son? Stroll has the talent. Yeah, calm down. I don't. I, <laughs> He's I, shown the flashes, mate. He's never shown anything to be able to compete for a title at Formula One level. And I don't think he can. He's showing the flashes. Okay, but Est, do, you, do, you, do you genuinely think Esteban Ocon could be a title contender? No, and I don't think Stroll can be either. Exactly. But he's, he's good enough to be there for a little bit. I don't think Perez can be a championship contender either, but I, he's I'm, on a championship I've never, team. I've never suggested that Perez is. I think Stroll could be a handy number two kind of guy. Regardless, they have started developing a new facility with their own wind tunnel, simulator, etc. Going to be 200 million pounds, and we'll put them as equals with Mercedes and Ferrari as those teams downgrade for cost caps. So they're going to be a proper... Wait, does that mean they're ahead of Red Bull? Or Red oh, yeah, and Red Bull as well. Like, oh, kind of on par with the yeah, big with the big, Yeah, gotcha. Apparently, their facility hasn't been upgraded since the Jordan days back in the 1990s. So this is a big step forward for the team, and they're looking to become a proper player in Formula 1 moving forward. And I'm excited. I, for one, am excited. Well, you have to be. You're literally paid to be excited. I wish I was. I truly do. Genuine <laughs> excitement over here, mate. I think that... Um... Hume's passport should be revoked um, for saying that Bottas should have got driver of the day instead of Ricardo. Mm. <laughs> um, and I don't have a passport to revoke in the first place, so joke's on you. Yeah, well, you're not getting one. <laughs> hey, I fucking voted for Bottas to get driver of the day. I logged on and voted. You logged on and voted? Yeah, man. Jesus. Because I was paying enough attention that when it came up, I was like, you know what? I actually, I actually have a strong opinion about it this week. Real quick, um, Toto Wolf has come out and said that he needs to condition His George. Hair. Sorry, condition and calibrate George so they uh, avoid a Rosberg-Hamilton situation. So basically he needs to... Is that That's him saying he needs to explain to George that George is worthless and does not get to come in the way of Lewis Hamilton. Yes. So Do you guys think that exciting. George has the personality necessary to be a genuine Hamilton rival or will he become the number two kind of guy? I absolutely think George has the personality mm. too. George is a competitor mm. and George has the talent. Is mm. the other big thing. Yeah. Because that's the thing. I don't know whether I would have picked Rosberg as having the personality, but he did. Mate, Rosberg pisses himself before every race, so. I know, mean, George might too. Fuck. He just doesn't tell us. <laughs> George has the abs to beat Hamilton. That I do know. Oh, mate. His Instagram is full of abs. He really, really is. Loves to get his shirt off. But, um, yeah, before we go... Quick preview of the Russian Grand Prix. We've already kind of hit on the key points of it. It's a well, not even a typically a Mercedes dominated track. It's a Mercedes dominated track. I don't have they ever actually lost a race here. One of you said that they've won every race since 2014. I can't imagine Russia's been on the calendar much beyond like 2013. I'm pretty sure that would have been when Russia came on the calendar anyway. It was first held in 1913. <laughs> um, what? At the Sochi Autodrome, race summary. Formula One wasn't, didn't exist. It has been won by Hamilton, Hamilton, Rosberg, Bottas, Hamilton, Hamilton, Bottas. So only... Don't forget Georgie Souverin and Willie Scholl. That was in St. Petersburg, not Sochi. Though. Ah, fuck, fair enough. Different. And that was in 1913 and 14. <laughs> um, also, by I guess, technically kind of Mercedes-Benz because that was won by... So, yeah, actually, you know what? The, uh, the constructor that won those two races was Benz, which is Mercedes-Benz. So, yeah, literally only ever Mercedes-Benz has won in Russia in Formula 1. So that should tell you just about all you need to know. Um, and in that regard, I am going to take the quintessential, and I'm going to go Hambotver. Oh. 
I think this is so actually no, no, you know what? I'm going bot hamver. Oh bot Bot-ham-ver. loves Russia. I mean, he's only won it twice. And you know, he's like, he's won fifty percent of the ones him and Lewis Hamilton have been at Mercedes for. Yeah, but Lewis Hamilton has won there four times compared to... He's been to at Mercedes for longer than Bottas. Yeah, true. Since Bottas joined Mercedes, it's a 50-50 strike. Last year was some two. bullshittery last year, though. Like, last year had an... Yeah, because Hamilton's a fuckwit. Okay. I still I still maintain I think Bottas had that race covered anyway. All right, fair enough. He fucking loves Russia. To whom it may concern. Spencer? Bottas first. Ricardo second. The second He's on the third. fucking hype train. What's happening to Hamilton? Danny Kvyat in this race? Um... I don't know. He's going to have a bitch about his sore neck and quit halfway through. <laughs> his little bitch. Um, I will go for a Hamilton victory, followed by Lando Norris, followed by Valtteri Bottas in P3. Why does Lando get a full name, whereas Ham and Bot only get their he own gets, He gets a first I like his first name more than his last name. That's fair enough. You could just write L-A-N. Lan. His local area network. Hammy, Lando, and Botty. There you go. I hate doing this show. I also, this so I also refer to Christian Horner as horny at all mm. times. No, I know. Yeah. I, one of the biggest reasons that I genuinely hate knowing you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll be sure to have that as like a drop for the intro of the podcast. That I hate knowing you? Yes. Oh, please do. I'd like that to be reiterated. At, can you just make that like the intro? Yeah. Uh, I'd like that every to be, single Every week. single week. Reiterate how much I fucking hate oh, you. Oh, uh, and how much I hate being on this show that I had the idea to do in the first place. I mean, if you don't like it, just leave me. I've got nothing better to do. If you don't love it, leave. <laughs> Go to Christmas Island. Marriage counsellor. <laughs> Go to Christmas Island, mate. I prefer Easter Island. Oh, you're more of an Easter Island guy? I'm more of an Easter Island I'm more of a guy. Morton guy myself. That's uh, not a Christian holiday. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not Christian, so... A day off's a day off as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. I've been Matt. Disappointingly, that's been Jashan. I've had a lovely time. Uh, happily, he's been Spencer. Grazie. Grazie. Forza Ferrari. And uh, we have been Rear of the Grid. Italian Grand Prix! <laughs> yeah! He won! But he did it! <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs> Deep down, I knew this was uh, this was gonna come, so thanks. Thanks for uh, having my back. And for anyone who thought I left, I never left. Just moved aside for a while. Thanks, guys.